Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me for back-to-back episodes on the show is Jesse Giorzi, Director of Brand Strategy at Charge. Jesse, super excited to have you back on. I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm excited that we're going back-to-back. I hope that that uh, puts me in some sort of record book in Bacon Sports history. Yes, very much. So what we are going to talk about today is the just-released Charge 25 Under 25. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. What is the Charge 25 Under 25, and what are the qualifications behind it? Yeah, it's a list that we came out with last year. So this is the second edition. And what it's meant to do is put some data and hard numbers behind which athletes that primarily play or were born in the U.S. have the strongest brands. So there's 10 data points. Some of them cover social. You have traditional media coverage, um, as well as uh, search interest and volume on there. And and really, it's just meant to measure which athletes are uh, are wielding influence or resonating um, that are still on the rise. You know, there, there are not a, not a lot of names here um, are even close to the peaks of their careers, but but still on the rise. So it's not just the ones that are that are ringing bells now, but the ones that will uh, over the next several years. So to clarify, how much is based on their social size versus engagement, and where does being on a winning team, thus being more in the media cycle, come into play in all of this? Yeah, there's a bit of a, of a secret kind of formula there that, that our research people cooked up. Um, but it's roughly about a third social, uh, a third um, media coverage, and a third uh, uh, search volume and interest. So, of course, being a winner is going to factor into that when you're on Sunday night football more often or when you're in the all-star game or on the all-rookie team or those kinds of things more often, you're probably going to be getting more of that that endemic media coverage, which is going to put you higher. You're going to be there getting mentioned and having your, um, you know, your Twitter and Instagram names on, uh, you know, shown on broadcasts and, and sports and things like that. So that's going to help. Um, we didn't consider like winning percentage or, or things like that in this list, but it absolutely is, gonna, is going to help you. Um, and then within that social, it's it's pretty close to evenly weighted. I think there's a little bit more weight on um, on the uh, on the uh, audience size and followers, but it's also there's a good piece of it that that has to do with that activity. So you're not just on there with a big audience, you know, like we talked about uh, with with Kawhi Leonard has a decent audience on Twitter, but absolutely never posts. Um, and so we've got people on here that have big audiences, but if they're not really actively doing much on there is a brand going to want to sponsor somebody um, or try to do uh, you know, a, a, some paid social engagement with an athlete who's really not on there organically and it's not going to be an authentic fit. And also of note, negative press is press nonetheless, correct? Yeah, yeah. We did not go through uh, tone for this. So it's just, it's, it's, it's looking at, at that media coverage and that search volume. So whether you're searching for somebody um, or, or writing a story about them because uh, they just did something amazing philanthropically, or they have their own cooking show, or they just dropped uh, 60 points in, uh, in a playoff game, or if you're they're being searched for for doing something bad or being accused of doing something bad, we didn't look at tone. It is it is just media coverage and search volume. So um, as you said, any press counts here. 
Cool. So what we will do is we'll start with the top 10. We'll give you the entire list over the course of this podcast. Um, so I'll read the first 10 and then we'll sort of dish about some of them because I do have some thoughts. Coming in at number one, and I was surprised at this um, for no apparent reason, just was, was the Boston Celtics' Jason Tatum. Number two was the recently drafted Luka Doncic, uh, who was traded uh, by, or traded to the Dallas Mavericks. We got number three, Simone Biles. Number four, Allie Raisman, or I don't even know if I pronounced her last name correctly. Uh, number five, Joel Embiid. Number six, Paige Van Zant. Number seven, Devin Booker, who I was a little shocked to see that high. Number eight, Markel Fultz, which I was completely shocked to see that high. Number nine, Ezekiel Elliott. And number 10, Lamar Jackson, uh, who I was uh, unexpectedly did not expect to see him. That doesn't even make sense. I was I did not expect to see Lamar Jackson, a brand new rookie, albeit he was absolutely electric in college. So what stood out to me in this was seeing two females in the top four because it was non-traditional with Joel Embiid coming behind them. Joel Embiid, very good on the social side of things, very top of mind in the sports landscape. So what are your thoughts on the top 10? Yeah, I think it does have a, a good mix of diversity. The, the list is basketball heavy, and the list has, um, has uh, I believe, four foreign-born players and four women on it. And you get a mix of all of that in the 10. Um, with two women, uh, a couple foreign-born players in, uh, in Embiid and Luca, actually three women in the top ten. Um, and then you also get football uh, in there as well in a few different sports. So I think that, you know, because it's all data, there really wasn't any opinion stuff that we were putting on this. I, too, was surprised to see Fultz that high. But I think what was driving him is, is he is active on social, so that helped some of his numbers. But to your point in your previous question, Rob, when people are writing articles and searching stuff like, when is Markel Fultz going to play? What happened to Markel Fultz's jumper? Like when they're searching for him and people are writing stories, answering those questions, that's going to boost you in, in the way that our formula is because people are interested in, in hearing about you and talking about you and wanting to know um, what, you're, uh, what you're doing. And, um, and Devin Booker, the same thing, especially, you know, you'd think that there's, there, this list doesn't really suffer from much um, for much uh, West Coast or East Coast bias, rather, because there is a, a good mix of names that that come on the whole twenty-five that are that are all over the country, um, and so I think that you know Devin Booker being um, he's got a well-rounded digital presence, um, and so he's pretty good. He's not killing it in in any area. Um, like didn't have any real outliers, positively or negatively, just generally good in a lot of places, and and did uh, did a top ten in uh, in several social media. Uh, measures that we looked at and so that helped him and actually we ran the numbers before he signed that big contract so he may have even been a slight touch higher because he would have gotten some more search volume um, and more recently in the news if it was post uh, post contract signing and I think that you know you look at a couple of those gymnasts and we're almost 700 days since the closing ceremonies at Rio when you would have thought that Simone and Ali's popularity um, and brand strength would have would have um, peaked but both, you know, being vocal, especially Allie, um, with some of the, the USA Gymnastics scandal has helped keep her um, in the forefront of people's minds. So I think there's going to be a majority of the people listening to this who don't even know who Luka Doncic is. And when looking at this, what really stands out to me is the way that the NBA has become a 365-day-a-year 
sport. And really, the only reason Luka Doncic would be on this is because of all the NBA draft coverage. Because I can't tell you a single thing that I've seen other than Luka Doncic highlights. And that's pretty deep dive into NBA. I wouldn't expect the casual fan to be watching uh, Euro buckets of Luka Doncic on Twitter. Yet, here he is at number two, just behind Jason Tatum a guy who was on the Boston Celtics who made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So what does this say about Luka Doncic, but as much the NBA news cycle and our love for the NBA draft? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and this, this part specifically around the, around the Luka Doncic situation, for sure. I mean, he's going to not have that facial recognition or even name recognition yet. Um, even within a lot of sports fans, because we a lot of the people on this list haven't dribbled a, a dribble basketball professionally, even carried a football professionally. But because of that massive beast that NBA Twitter and the offseason is, when it's it's become such an interesting transactional league, it reminded me of a of a story that Ben Cohen wrote um, from the Wall Street Journal last year. I just pulled up this tweet for reference. Um, the average NBA related tweets per day during the 2016-17 regular season was 652,000. During 2016 free agency season, July 1st through July 10th of 16, uh, it was 800,000. And that's numbers from Twitter. So when you're getting a, a search volume of 150, or a, a Twitter volume of 150,000 more tweets per day, just during that immediate, you know, Woj bomb, um, ShamWow, you know, Twitter era of, of that, like the NBA offseason is as popular a league as some other sports combined. So we're, you know, the time of the year also plays a factor when we're looking at some of this stuff because a lot of these new draft picks and guys that are getting traded um, or signing new deals that are still under 25 in the offseason are going to be talked about and searched for a lot. Um, so the time of the year is a factor still, but the NBA offseason is a monster in and of itself that's, that's, unlike anything else in any other offseason in sports, uh, in my opinion. So let's look at the next 10. Coming in at number 11, Miles Bridges. I was shocked to see him that high. Number 12, Miles Turner. Also shocked to see him that high. 13, Kristaps Porzingis. 14, Trey Young. 15, Donovan Mitchell. 16, Michaela Schifrin. 17, Marcus Smart. There's got to be some bump for the Celtics just as a whole. Number 18, Zach Levine. I was not expecting to see him there as a Chicago Bulls fan. 19, Saquon Barkley. I actually expected he would have been higher. And number 20, Kyle Kuzma. So I guess I was shocked to see Trey Young ahead of Donovan Mitchell, given the success that Donovan Mitchell had this year, albeit he is in Utah. And some of the names like Miles Turner, he's in Indiana. That one doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and, and again, be, being that, that this is not an opinion-driven, but it's data-driven and, you know, the, 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 the different metrics that we picked here. We live in Indy. I, my house is, uh, is a mile and a half from where Miles Turner applies his trade at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, and I was shocked to see him up there because he's not a name that you, that you put, you know, um, outside of maybe young bigs, you don't see him usually on a list, the same list as Kristaps Porzingis when it comes to brand power or social interest or media coverage. But really the thing with Miles is that he he just was very, very consistently among the, the, the top um, guys. Again, nothing like he wasn't first in any category, but he also wasn't last in any category. And 
you know, this is the top 25, but our, our player index, our universe was 969 athletes in 48 sports. And so, um, you know, being in the NBA is going to help with that. Um, being the youngest guy with a younger, younger kind of co-star there on a, um, on the rise on a team, on an upstarts Pacers team that made a deeper run than many people were expecting this year, I think helped catapult him, uh, you know, up, up in that area. Uh, the Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell thing, I think that Utah could be a, could be a factor, but Trey Young's in Oklahoma. It's not as if he's in a, in a major basketball um, school market. But I think, again, just seeing where is he going to get drafted was a, was a big factor. Um, you know, the, the one thing here is that he's had some more of that interest throughout his college career and then leading up to the draft, where Mitchell, though a great college player at Louisville, um, he didn't have as much of that where is he going to go kind of interest maybe as Trey Young did heading into it. So Donovan Mitchell went from not on the list of everybody we looked at. Now, last year's player universe was only about 250 people. but Mitchell went from not in the top 25, jumped up to 15. So he did kind of take the take this season by storm. Um, and then I think Levine, you know, being in in, in Chicago probably uh, probably helped a bit there. Um, as did being in New York um, helped uh, helped Saquon Barkley in LA helped Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think if we would have done this list at a different time, Saquon Barkley may have been a little bit higher. Whether that was earlier in the year, closer to the draft, or later this year, closer to the uh, to the NFL season starting but he's a guy that um, that I expect that could top this list in the next couple of years we had a uh, another New York Giant um, Odo Beckham Jr. was was number one on last year's list he aged out in I think November 17 but uh, if I had to put my money on anybody here I, I'd say Saquon is going to be tops of this list in the next uh, one to two years all right so let's round out the top 25 number 21 baker mayfield number 22 julius randall 23 dak prescott 24 ben simmons 25 dennis smith jr and what really shocked me seeing kuzma coming at 20 and julius randall coming in at 22 both lakers randall no longer laker is the absence of lonzo ball so if you think about the amount of attention that the Ball family gets combined with the Lakers, you would have assumed that Lonzo Ball would have been on this list. What happened? Yeah, I want to say he was uh, twenty or second or third last year. Um, so let's see where he uh, where he fell to this year. But yeah, I was again, I was surprised as well there. I think maybe towards the end of the, the year. Uh, and more draft talk, and some of those young guys started to uh, started to heat up. I would I would think maybe uh, Kuzma's rap battle that he got into recently could have uh, could have helped because you're getting some um, uh, you're getting some uh, other other interest, especially in the off season. Yeah, Lonzo didn't drop too far. Um, he ended up being thirty uh, seventh out of that nine sixty nine universe that we looked at. So a bit of a drop off, um, still within the biggest the biggest names um but just not quite as high as he was last year because there was a lot more i think interest in him heading into last season when it was like where is he going to get drafted and his dad was making the most noise in the summer and even at the beginning of the season but that sort of died down towards um towards the end of the season um and uh as we got into the offseason there wasn't quite as much there um as there as there was at this point last year so on our podcast on Monday where we talked about Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and does NBA market size matter? If you haven't listened to it, check it out on the Sports Marketing Huddle on iTunes. 
Uh, as I'm looking at this, looking at Miles Turner at 12 and Lonzo Ball not in the top 25, this makes me believe that being on a winning team could matter just as much or more than necessarily what market you're in because you can be in a big market, but if your team doesn't succeed, like with the Lakers pre-LeBron, you're not in the headlines as much. But you look at Miles Turner in here, they were successful, they were consistent, and if you do a name recognition, most people don't even know who Miles Turner is. <clears throat> Nonetheless, expecting him to be ahead of Kristaps Porzingis, Lonzo Ball, and some of these other guys. Yeah, definitely. And if you just look at it, just looking at it, you've got a couple Celtics on here, really good team. You've got a couple Mavericks on here, haven't been great before. You've got a couple of gold medalists on here. Um, you know, you've got uh, this three Sixers on here, which was the most any by any NBA team. Um, Cowboys, really good two years ago, not as good um, record-wise this year. But then there's also Suns and and uh, and Hawks who haven't been quite as good. So it does absolutely help. Uh, market size can help winning. Being around a winning team can help, especially bring in some, uh, you know, turn those casual fans uh, into into stronger fans that are spending more time paying attention, reading about, searching for, and following those people. You know, we, we did talk about um, about market size a lot on Monday's podcast, but what we found here is there are some big cities that are represented on here, including uh, Dallas, L.A., Chicago, New York, um, but there's also you know, Charlotte has somebody on here in Miles Bridges and Spring, Texas with Simone Biles and um, New Orleans, which isn't quite as big of a media market as some of these other places and Phoenix. And so, you know, there are those big markets, those big media markets you talk about that are on here as well. But it's still true. What we said on Monday is that you can, if it's the right person and the right fit, um, still ring bells in a smaller market like Salt Lake um, or somewhere else. So some other things of note a lack of baseball players, most notably none in the top 25. And I think baseball has some major, major issues uh, on their hands because and I even saw some of the rumblings uh, with the all-star game of Mike Trout is arguably the best player in baseball, the most <clears throat> notorious. Yet despite that, there's very little fanfare for him on a national level. What's going on with baseball and why can they not get any buzz? You know, there's been a lot of things written about Trout before, especially over the last few days, and that he seems, you know, somewhat reluctant to, to do things. I think I read in, in Sports Business Journal that he's, or could have been the Washington Post, that he's rejected 60 Minutes in HBO Sports Features. So, you know, it goes back to – kind of three things that we talk with every athlete that that we want to if you if you're going to be a star do you get it do you get what it's going to take you to really be a, a crossover sports star that is ringing bells in pop culture and other areas not just in your home market or even within the diehard fans of your sport you know do you get that do you want it sometimes people are playing their sport and you know the best doctors or the best um marketers may not have some of the, the fame and, and adulation that comes with being the best point guard or the best center fielder, but do you really want that? And some guys want it and some, and some athletes want it and some don't. And that's okay. You know, that the, the sponsors, the team, uh, the leagues aren't going to love when their guys don't want that fame. Um, but then if you do want it and you do get it, are you willing to put in the work? Because it does take a lot of work. It's going to take you away from, um, batting practice sometimes or it's going to be that one day in the NFL when, when you know, we work with NFL players 
you look at Tuesday being that, that kind of sacred off day during the season um, when you're not at practice or in meetings or watching film or at a game, um, we'd take up a lot of the NFL players' times that we worked with with media interviews and traveling and doing photo shoots and things like that. So you really have to get it, want it, and be willing to put the work in. And I think that baseball is a challenge and there's not a sacred off day that teams have off you know, throughout the entire season. Um, and it's not quite as easy, but we're in 2018, like we talked about on Monday, you can do a lot remotely, digitally, on social, through video, in different ways to, to do it. So, you know, one thing, we don't release the entire list, but I will tell you the, the highest baseball player on the, on the list of this almost 1,000 that we looked at um, was Alex Bregman last night's um, All-Star Game MVP, and he was 45th. Uh, we had one baseball player make the list last year, Bryce Harper, who ended up aging out. Um, but there is a, a baseball star power problem and, and it's, you know, like who is that face and, and, you know, being there, there were millions of baseball fans that were, that are following um, the league and, and looking at uh, the game last night who, when guys were getting introduced were like, who, who is that person? Um, you just don't feel like that was the same thing that was happening when, you know, you and I were uh, teenagers or even early in our twenties when you knew everybody who was on the all-star roster by face and name and market. And it just doesn't feel like that's the case anymore. And there's a few different reasons why, but hopefully that kind of get it one at work it um, explanation kind of gets into that a little bit. And you know what else hurts baseball? Number two, Roberto Osuna, the Blue Jays closer who is most noted for domestic violence coming in here, got suspended for uh, half the season or close to it because of it. That really speaks to the health or a lack thereof of baseball's young uh, media presence. So some other yeah. things that stood out to me, my man Juju Smith-Schuster, who I believe is the model for what young athletes need to look at when it comes to social media engagement. He did not make the top 25 list. I expected to see him there because of Pittsburgh Steelers, typically very successful NFL franchise, on top of him being so social media active. Yeah, he wasn't far. He was uh, he was thirty fourth, so he was just fourteen points um, off of uh, off of bumping Dennis Smith or Ben Simmons or Dak Prescott or someone there. So really, really not that far off. Um, and he was a couple spots ahead of Lonzo there. I think that uh, you know I was looking at um, MVP Index, which is a, a terrific social media uh, measurement service that uh, that covers a lot of athletes and entertainers, and they had him up um, around. Uh, I think he was like ninth, and there were three Steelers in the top ten of their uh, of their top scored um, athletes on social media. So he's absolutely terrific on social. I think maybe some of the um, uh, I think where he was hurt maybe a little bit was was in some of our other categories, um, potentially like uh, like media coverage um, or uh, or search volume. Again, still thirty fourth of nine hundred sixty nine, but just missed the uh, the top twenty five cut. So rounding this bad boy out with two things that I did not see. No golfers, Jordan Spieth was the best, and no hockey players. And even then, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews were not number one and number two in hockey. Yeah, Spieth was uh, 72nd. He dropped off um, from last year. Uh, he was on the list uh, last year, I believe, as was Lexi Thompson on the LPGA. Um, so I think just a little bit of less search volume around him and, and potentially a little bit less media coverage. Uh, compared to some other people there are also some some athletes and sports that we added last year that weren't on this year some summer olympic sports some winter olympic sports 
Um, and uh, and we added a lot of esports, and there were a couple of, of esports names that were that were ahead of um, ahead of some of the golfers this year. I think um, from the hockey standpoint, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised as uh, as well. And the, the highest actually NHL um, name on the list was uh, not uh, not a McDavid or, or one that you'd think of right off the bat, but um, uh, Alex Galchenyuk um, from uh, Montreal actually was uh, was the highest hockey player that we had on there, and he was in the low um, low 50s. But um, yeah, surprising uh, there as well, um, but. Again, hockey, and they've talked about this before, is that hockey prefers to promote um, and market the rivalries and the teams as a whole, being it thinking that their their fan base is very team-driven and less specific athlete or star-driven. Um, we'll see how that works out, but that's, a, I believe, a conscious decision by the NHL to focus more on the marketing of their teams, the rivalries, and the history, less on the individual players. Well, hockey as a whole is very uh, location-based, that if you're in a hockey city, you might have a chance of caring about hockey. But unless you were raised in a hockey city, chances are you're just not a casual hockey fan. And that's one of the things that the NFL has going for it. And I believe the NBA does as well, is both sports are significantly more casual to watch. But how are you going to relate to someone living in Texas when you're the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs or pretty much anyone where you're like, well, we don't see snow very often and I didn't grow up playing hockey. It's just, it's not top of mind. So it makes more sense that uh, they really dig into the niches and say, we're going to understand who our target demographic is and really nail that, albeit it limits the overall growth, especially when you see the NFL saying we want to expand worldwide but nonetheless, that's where hockey is. Yeah, big time, big time regional sport and, and definitely on that northern side. I mean, again, I live in Indy, but I grew up in New York um, and, uh, and hockey has been big for me f forever and even through, uh, through college, go Red Hawks. But when I talk hockey playoffs here or big signings or the draft, I just get blank stares from most of my friends and colleagues. Yep, I am with you. So, Jesse, I really enjoyed this. Where can, connect, where can people connect with you in charge, and where can they find the Charge 25 Under 25? Charge 25 Under 25.com, and you can uh, find me on any social network at Jesse, G-H-I-O-R-Z-I. Thank you so much for having me on again, Rob. As always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. What are your thoughts on the top 25? Is there anyone that you did not expect to see on there? Were, were there people that you didn't see on there that you're shocked? Let us know. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy. And if you'd like some more content creation tips to help you on your journey, go to BaconSports.com and sign up for my newsletter. Yes,